welcome to Cranky Commentaries. As always, I'm your host, Jake Del Mastro, and as always, I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Hello, how are you? How are you? Uh, you know, ready for a spooky, spooky episode. Oh, it's gonna be spooky. This is a great episode. This is an excellent episode. I'm very excited for it. Uh, but before we go there, before we go there, I, I, we're gonna talk about Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Don't worry. We'll get to that. But, um... We learned something new about a previous movie that we did. Yeah, so we have to make so, a little uh, little uh, addendum to our our School of Rock episode because we missed some yes. really important information. So in that section where we were talking about um, uh, where are they now? Yeah, we missed an important person. Yeah, well, we were focusing and that would on be like Spider. Well, yeah, exactly. We were focusing <laughs> on the kids. We didn't even think to look at where uh, uh, no vacancy was. We assumed they had exactly. gone nowhere. Exactly. But 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 Lucas Babin, the man who played Spider, <laughs> he became a lawyer. Yeah. And then became the DA of Tyler County, Texas. Yeah, he's uh he's <laughs> He's, yeah, yeah, he was also also a fashion model. He's uh, got a lot yeah, going on. Yeah, he's for had him. quite the uh, career. Yeah. Um, after several years in Houston, Babin moved back. Blah blah blah. In 2018, he was a, ran for and was elected as the district attorney of Tyler County, Texas. There you go. So that that's pretty interesting. That's some important stuff that we had to uh, 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 update yeah. you on. That Lucas Babin. I w- Spider. Yeah. I assume that that tattoo that he had in the movie was fake, right? Who knows? <laughs> Do you Who think Lucas Bavin is knows? like fucking, you know, doing whatever a DA does and has that tattoo? I don't know. Maybe. Let's find out. Let's just see if he's got um, um, tattoos. All right. So I can't see. I can't find any pictures of him. Like showing his chest, yeah. except in School of Rock. Yeah, it, it looks like it's fake. Right. I okay. gotta. Oh, that's too bad. Although that first picture might have been before the movie. That's true. So it could just be. I suspect no fucking reasonable human would get that tattoo, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so yeah. Pretty ridiculous. If you have that tattoo, no offense to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't mean it, but you know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've 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 discussed uh, the movie that is not the topic of this episode long enough. So I suppose we can actually move on to the uh, the movie that we're talking about, which again is Abbott and Costello. Meet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, uh, shout out to my brother for sending me that uh, that information about Spider. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Peter. You know where you are. Uh, excellent. Right. <laughs> excellent work. Yeah. Um. But anyway. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about Abin Costello, me Frankenstein, and spooky vampires. And is would you call Frankenstein a zombie? Uh, he's mm, he's zomb- zombie-ish. I would say no. Yeah, because he is a reanimated corpse. Well, I don't know. It's a difficult question. We've already got so many other things to get fucking oh, into. Oh, oh, we do. I see. <laughs> Uh, but we'll talk okay. about that. Let's move later. on then. Yeah, let's let's move on. Last week we talked mostly about the uh, pre-production and all the kind of you know stuff you need to know about Abbott and Costello before you watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, basically just just that led led into the production, and then 
I think what where we left it off, we were talking about the clown <laughs> that was on set. Yes. Um, so tell me more about this clown. Do we know his name? Yes, his name is Bobby Barber, and okay, he's is he? Oh, he has a Wikipedia article. Yeah, he's a he was apparently a he was an actor and like a comedian. He okay. was he was in tons of movies, a lot of them Abbott and Costello movies. Um, he <laughs> was in this movie. Um, he was in the movie. Yeah, you know, so the scene at the at the masquerade party where there's the guy mm-hmm. in the locker room. Yeah, that's Bobby Bobby Barber. The guy who worked oh, for nice. the masquerade ball or whatever, I don't know. So when he wasn't shooting that scene, he was causing, you know, chaos on the set. Yeah, yeah. So if you remember from last week, we he did stuff like, <laughs> he like, you know, tell jokes and whatnot between takes. But he would also, like, during takes, he would, like, ruin takes with doing bits. Like, uh, the most famous one is... Uh, uh, so apparently there's an outtake where Bell Lugosi's, like walking down the stairs and um well this, it's the scene where they arrive at the first yeah. arrive at, at the castle and he like comes down in his like you know uh robe to meet them and he's walking down the stairs and basically bobby barber just follows him down the stairs without him seeing him yeah and basically uh apparently the entire cast and crew uh like thought it was hilarious except for Bell Lugosi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you look at the... I, I watched the outtake because it's available on YouTube. You can watch the oh, outtakes for this movie. Yeah, check it out. You can see that. Um, and it looks hilarious because at the end of the outtake, everyone's laughing, and then it looks like Bella Lugosi turns and starts yelling at Barber. Like, he looks so mad. <laughs> oh, it's like, dude, that was the best fucking take. Why'd you fucking blow Yeah, that? yeah. Right. Or whatever, yeah. Well, he apparently, yeah, Bella Lugosi really did not like... The uh, takes being interrupted because you know he's a professional. He's a professional actor, an actor, yeah, exactly. if you will. Um, and the way his son Bella Lugosi the third. Oh wait, no, this is Junior. Is Lon Chaney was this Junior? So this is just Lon Chaney's Junior. So yeah, Bella Lugosi Junior was yeah. saying uh, that you know the way his father looked at it is that it was so. Um, he had put so much work into like learning his lines perfectly and being like a good actor. Yeah, especially it's like, for him who like it like, clearly does not speak the best English. That's probably like you know an ordeal for him, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is like disrespectful. <laughs> is yeah. the way he thought of it. But you know, that I think he 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 did not mind the uh, uh, the kidding around between takes. Apparently, he because mm-hmm. they would like throw pies and shit. Well. Bobby Barber <laughs> would throw pies, and you know the classic mm-hmm. clown g- gag of you know uh, spritzing like seltzer in your face. Yeah, there's a photograph from behind the scenes of Bella Lugosi pouring a cup of seltzer over Bobby Barber's head. Um, no. <laughs> in jest. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Not just because he was mad. Yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't look like an angry pour over there. It looks like it, it looks in jest, but I guess that's mm-hmm. just my speculation. Um, so do we know if Bobby did this on different sets or if he only did it for this movie? I I mean, it says on his Wikipedia page that he did tons of movies with them. Um, this is the movie that is the most infamous, uh, like, stories because I think mm-hmm. mostly because of this Bela Lugosi story. But yeah, so one, maybe he did it on other sets. 
So yeah, we talked about Bobby Barber and uh, Bella Lugosi a bit there, as but then also you know you've got a lot of a lot of people on set. You've got Glenn Strange, who as we mentioned last week is Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Just for being tall. Just for being tall, and you know the way uh, that the makeup guy I'm totally blanking on his name. Anyway, it's not important because he was fired at this point. Um, yeah. He liked the way. Glenn Strange looked with a pirate scar, so he, like, you know, did him up as Frankenstein in secret. But apparently, so to keep it things, keep things light, as we were discussing, as they would always do, Glenn Strange was, uh, he would do a southern accent while he was Frankenstein, which is fucking hilarious. So I hope, I I, I didn't see any of that in the, in the outtakes, but they would do it, apparently he would, he did it. Another story of pissing off Bella Lugosi, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was doing it, I assume, during a take. He did a southern accent, and everybody thought it was hilarious. But mm-hmm. apparently, in full character, in response to uh, uh, Glenn Strange, this is what he said. We should not be kidding around while we are working. <laughs> so, yeah, he's fully in character, and then he stormed off. So, <laughs> again, he... he he was, uh... Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I feel like if Bella Lugosi was mad at you, that would be very terrifying. Yeah, he's... Because that's like fucking Dracula. Yeah, that's literally Dracula mad at you. I mean, that's exactly. why, uh, Boris... Like, what's he gonna do? Fucking hypnotize me? I mean, I guess in this movie, yeah, I guess. that Exactly. He hypnotizes people in, like, the Dracula as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a kind of... I don't know. That's kind of an inconsistent power. He doesn't use it very often. What, the he, he uses it twice, right, in this movie. In this movie. Yeah, I guess he could use it more often. I don't know. Maybe it only works on some people. Yeah, maybe. I guess weak minds, perhaps? Maybe it's like Jedi mind yeah, tricks. right. <laughs> so apparently, the uh, scene... You know the scene in the in the dungeon? Where uh, they've got uh, Costello, yes. like, you know, all chained up or whatever in the yoke? Mm-hmm. Shortly after he escapes, there's a scene where... Costello sits in Frankenstein's lap because he thinks it's dark. He thinks it's a chair, and it's a classic bit of... Yeah, he, yeah. I recall that, that, that yeah, scene. Yeah, so apparently that scene was, like, unbelievably difficult to film just for the reason that... Oh, yeah? Uh, Glenn Strange couldn't keep a fucking straight face. <laughs> so he kept... Yeah, it's true. I can imagine why that would be funny if, if fucking um, Luke Costello is sitting in your sitting lap. Sitting in your lap doing bits, trying to be as funny as possible. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, apparently even yeah. in the even in the final take, if you look closely, you can see Frankenstein's, like, cracking a bit of a smile when he stands up to chase, yeah. chase Costello. So that's, that's, that's great. Yeah, I can imagine the atmosphere behind, like, filming these movies was, like, very different from the standard like universal horror movies yeah well as soon as you have uh abbott and costello involved it becomes a circus it seems exactly there's even clowns there's even clowns especially there's clowns so glenn strange yeah. apparently loved kids you know loved being around kids um and apparently lou costello's daughter had recently fairly recently been born like she wasn't like a newborn but she was pretty young um, so she was brought onto set, and Glenn Strange was like, "Oh, let me say hello to her," you know. But oh, did he freak her out because he was wearing fucking? Frankenstein yeah, he was makeup? dressed in full Frankenstein makeup, and he tried to like hold a small child. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that would definitely, you know, not go well. 
upset yeah. a lot of children. Yeah. So apparently, uh, <laughs> she just like fucking had she just you know freaked the hell out and they had to like take her off the set. They were talk. I was watching a documentary, and they were talking about like uh, uh, kind of the evolution of the Abbott and Costello bits. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like how it starts fully kind of verbal, you know? Like who's on first is entirely a word joke, right? It's entirely about yeah. the verbal joke. Um, and then later... I mean, there's a lot of bits in this which are like, you know, play on words kind of ex- Yeah, totally. Well. And then in their late yeah. career, like their last movie together, it's mostly slapstick comedy. Like it's mostly them just like, you know, hitting each other other over the head and stuff. Like very Three Stooges-esque, you know? Yeah. And this movie's super interesting because it's kind of like a middle ground almost between these two things. Like, it's they're evolving between... It's like the perfect balance almost for them. It's like per, between mm-hmm. slapstick and, uh, uh, you know... Uh, well, physical comedy and, and verbal comedy. Like, in this movie, you have the scene with the... Uh, uh, the crate with Costello on the crate. Yeah. That's a pretty good scene. I obviously I think that was a uh, um like when it's rocking back and forth, obviously that's um uh he's attached to it in some capacity. But the scene where mm-hmm. they just fully knocked it over, he just he wasn't. He just jumped on it, you know, off it, you know, try and make it more yeah. real. Apparently, you know this so the scene where they're the great bit where they like they barricade the the door. Or, or they close the door or whatever, and they're like, yeah, we fucking, we, we're we good. And then Frankenstein punches through the door. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm mixing up two scenes, I'm, or I'm I'm, I'm uh, conflating two scenes here. Because um, there's the one where they, like, barricade the, the door, and then Frankenstein just opens it the other way. Classic bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this is, uh, the bit I'm thinking of is where Frankenstein actually punches a hole through the door. So apparently there's, you know... It's obviously it's it's Hollywood. It wasn't supposed to be real violence, so they had like a mark mm-hmm. where Costello was supposed to stand, so that he wouldn't get hit. Yeah, exactly. So that he wouldn't actually get punched in the head by Glenn Strange, who was you know going to be throwing a punch through a. He's a pretty big guy. Yeah, he, he's trying to go through at least a styrofoam board. Yeah, here. exactly. And you know it's the it's the forties, so it's probably like thin wood. <laughs> Um, yeah, they didn't have star. Yeah, they. I don't know if they had styrofoam. And yet. even if they did, anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he he punched through it, but apparently, uh, Costello, you know, wanted to make it more real, so he purposefully missed his mark, um, and put his head right in the in the line of in the path in the yeah. path. So that the punch glances off his his head, so it's like he he actually gets punched in the head in that scene, um, and that's the scene that they ended up using is the one where he genuinely gets punched. Obviously, in the head. how can you how can you how can you not? Use I that mean, one? I, in the documentary, the it was saying it was like the director uh, he loved the the scene where that happened. He thought it looked very good. It's like yeah, no shit, because he actually got punched in the face. <laughs> like of course, yeah. It looks although good. that's you know. That is totally on I'm uh, sorry on on uh, Lucas Della. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, purposefully a <laughs> like, yeah sacrificing yourself for the play. Exactly. You know, if he wants to do it, that's up to him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So violent. We're not done with violence though. 
There's, okay. there's more violence on set. What else we got? Although this is not this is not like you know. I guess this is violence. An accident is accidental injury. I guess that's not violence. I don't know. It's, it's injury, right? Injury doesn't necessarily constitute violence. Anyway, point being, uh, on while they were filming one day, Glenn Strange um, tripped over a, a cable and uh, broke his ankle. Which oh uh, no, which is not gonna not gonna be conducive to you know being Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster. the movie. Yeah. 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 Being Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, I think I think we've been calling him Frankenstein this whole time, but I mean, we're not the only ones. We're not the only ones, but again, it's it's Frankenstein's monster for those of you. Yes, for all of you who do not know, it is in fact. Let's set the record straight. It's Frankenstein's monster, not Frankenstein. So anyway, Frankenstein's a scientist. Um, yeah. So. He, so Glenn Strange dressed as Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, he he fucking broke his ankle, <laughs> and couldn't film the scene. Um, an important scene, a very important scene. So, guess who stepped in? The Lon Chaney Jr. The Wolf Man. Yeah. So Lon Chaney Jr. I don't believe he's credited, but is both the Wolf Man and Frankenstein. He has a Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein's oh. the creature, capital C. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he he took over. So the scene, it's it's the defenestration scene, if you recall. Oh, where they they jump at, they fall out the window or whatever. Yeah. No, no, it's he throws the doctor through the window. Oh. The what's her name? Sandra. Oh, Sandra. Yeah. They throw he. He picks her up, and Frankenstein picks her up and throws her through the window. Frankenstein's monster picks her up and throws her through the window, and so that's Lon Chaney Jr. in that scene. That's actually Lon Chaney Jr. So interesting. I wonder, like, because they're not the same height. No, clearly no. So I guess they just. It was kind I of a longer shot, scene, so it like, was like I mean, if you really look closely, you could tell that I don't think the makeup was applied as thoroughly as well. And his because yeah. his head kind of looks like a little misshapen. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look. Yeah, it's true. I wasn't watching closely when I saw the movie for the first time, but like, yeah, I should double check that scene because yeah. I'm wondering how obvious it is. Yeah, it's it's interesting because they're really not the same height at all. No, no, <laughs> not at all. How tall is Lunch Junior? Last we found. What what was six five was something like that, Glenn yeah, Strange. Was, um, Glenn Strange was six something. Yeah, uh, I think it was like six five. Or six six. Oh, uh, Lon Chaney Jr. is six two, so he's they're like fairly the comparable. League. Yeah, and it was a far yeah. enough away shot that yeah nobody's gonna notice that. But like, Glenn Strange is at least three inches tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, I don't know if that was the the only scene that had Lon Chaney Jr. in it because right. as Frankenstein as Frankenstein because Frankenstein's monster because he um because of his Glenn Strange's broken ankle presumably he couldn't film anymore so um this is the only like scene that was mentioned so I assume that maybe that this was probably like they were near finished luckily mm-hmm. this maybe was the only one left to do yeah so our uh, our final point about the production is just the last little detail about. Uh, I I have another question though. Uh, like so you know the bit at the end where they have the Invisible Man. Oh yeah. And it's Vincent Price. Do you have any idea why they ended up 
using Vincent Price in there? Just because, like, I feel like this was pretty early, earlier in his career, wasn't it? Uh, let's see when Vincent Price. Especially when, like, he later becomes such an iconic yeah. figure in the horror genre. Yeah, I know. It's, it's interesting. I want to, yeah, let's see what he had done before that. He did the Invisible... He was in the Invisible Man Returns. Okay. Was he the Invisible Man? Or was he just in it? Let's find out. Jeffrey Radcliffe. Is that the Invisible Man? (laughs) Oh, here we go. Jeffrey Radcliffe is a fictional character featured in the Universal Monsters film series. He was the main character in the 1940 movie The Invisible Man Returns, where he was played by... So, yeah, he's the the Invisible Man. Well, he's the main character, but does that mean he's the Invisible Man? Yeah. He is the aliases, okay. the Invisible Man. Okay, so they, so he, he, so Vincent Price had already been the Invisible Man. Yeah. So it, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. It adds okay. up, but he was not the Invisible Invisible Man afterwards, as we found out last okay. week. He, it was yes. a bunch of other actors, because I yeah. guess he was. T- and from what I understand, the Abbott and Costello made Frankenstein, and the Abbott and Costello made the Invisible Man do not have strict continuity. No. Like, in fact, I think they play completely different characters, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they intended to do, like, an Invisible Man movie, but, uh, yeah, the the Invisible Man movie that uh, Abbott and Costello ended up being in was basically a movie that had already been made, and then they just wrote yeah. Abbott and Costello into it because of the success of Frankenstein. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know if it had already been made, but it was in, in progress. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. I didn't yeah. mean, like, they had shot it and everything, yeah. but they had, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. They had a film that was ready to... They rewrote it. Yeah. yeah. Um, basically, yeah, this movie is, like, super, super important for the Abbott and Costello's career. It, like, kind of basically rejuvenated them when they were... For a little bit. And then they met all of the Universal Monsters. Yeah, they met all the Universal Monsters. I mean, it rejuvenated for them... For the next... Rejuvenated them for the next, I don't know, six years, seven years. And then it was yeah. all over for them, basically. By the mid-50s. Have you ever seen Abbott and Costello meet the mummy? Of course. Yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> Excellent movie. Um, but yeah. So yeah, okay. Last thing, last thing about the production was the uh, the animation that you mentioned last week. Mm-hmm. Was done by. Because this movie starts with an animation, right? Yeah, it does actually. It, yeah. The opening sequence is an animation, kind of a weird one, but yeah. but animation nonetheless. And the animation in this movie, including that, I assume, in the special effects, was done by a guy named Walter Lance, who uh, mm-hmm. was actually the creator of Woody Woodpecker. Oh, yeah. And oh, that's I, pretty cool. I want to know when Woody Woodpecker was created. Had he created Woody oh, Woodpecker? Oh, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's it's older than I probably. He's think. a later <laughs> addition to the to the family. So Woody Woodpecker was uh, produced between the 1940s and the 1970s. Yeah, you go. Ni- so 19, sorry, 1940 and 1972. So he had invented Woody Woodpecker at this point. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Woody Woodpecker's a fucking asshole. Yeah, it's such a anyway. dick. <laughs> so speaking of, speaking of Woody Woodpecker, a fictional character. Yes. I think this brings us to our next segment. So are you saying that that by <laughs> this is a stretch by the way <laughs> that Woody Woodpecker <laughs> by virtue of not being a real character is in fact not true 
So therefore, isn't the... This is a very good truth segment for that music. Yes, it is it is truth truth time. This is the the part of the part of the show where we find the true things about this movie. We look into it and we find, you know, either some connections about it to some true stuff or we look into a detail that happened and we try to find out if it's true. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of angles you can take in the truth because, you know, the truth is out there and it's it's the uh, truth is out there. Really, we put our we put on our like, you know, our investigatory hats. Yeah. And we uh, fucking investigate the, what's going on <laughs> in the, on like in the deep depths of the truth here. Exactly. The, the truth is just a cold rocky mountain river and we are just dipping our cans in to fill it up. Like I said, there's a lot of angles to talk about the truth. This one's going to, I've got so many things to talk about. <laughs> so many things. Um, so we're going to start with my theory about this film. Because okay. I, I have, I prefer- Is this film real? Is it true? Uh, is it like, is are this these- Is film based on a true story? I would say no. However, we are going to try- find the truth in it. Um, okay. But before that, I just my theory about this film that we might we have to discuss is okay. I I propose that the Dracula in this film is an imposter, and oh, this is not the true Dracula. Yeah, I don't. And in fact, I propose he's not a vampire at all. Oh, okay. And here's why. He does bite somebody. He does, but yes, he bites what's her name? Sandra. Yeah. However, yeah. in that scene, he bites her. What does he bite her in front of? A mirror wardrobe. What can you see in the mirror? Him biting her. In the original Dracula movie, is the mirror thing a thing? So the mirror trope comes from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Basically. Yes. It's like, so there's tons of obviously it's a trope now um Mm -hmm. and it seems to be that that is where it originated from is bram stoker's dracula so if we're going canon dracula then there should be no reflection in that mirror right okay so but does it align with the other universal dracula good question i'd like the first dracula movie like the universal movie i don't know if there are any mirrors in that movie that is not something i explored it I'll have to watch okay, it. Quickly. I'm sure somebody has figured this out, so I'm going to just quickly Google Dracula 1933 or 1931. Yeah. Mirror. Yeah. There's a clip. There's a clip? Is he in the mirror? Can you see him? Can you see his reflection? One second. Good God, man. Can you see the reflection? What's he doing? Describe the scene. He's talking to uh, Van Helsing. Well, okay. In what? Is there a mirror in the room? Can you see the mirror? Oh. No, he's not in the mirror. Oh, shit. Van Helsing's looking at the mirror, and he sees that there's no reflection. So, 
there you have it. So yeah, in the original 1931 Dracula, there is mirrors. He doesn't show up in mirrors. So this is an imposter from that Dracula as well, even. So that that Dracula yeah. is the real Dracula. This one, who knows who this is? So because he shows up in a mirror, he's fake. He well, he can't. Is that all you got? He can't be Dracula. Okay, but is that is that so? That's your just that one thing is enough to completely rule it out. I mean, yeah, that's like a definitive okay. fact about vampires from so, the Bam. So Bram why don't Stoker. vampire clothes show up in mirrors? Why don't their clothes show up in mirrors? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Like, if a vampire puts a hat on, does the hat show up in a mirror? Yeah, is it like the Invisible Man? <laughs> is it like the Invisible Man? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I'm sure it's been uh, I'm sure it's been discussed by by uh, vampire okay. nerds in the past. So I'm sure you could just look that up as well. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I like I said, I think Dracula is the uh, the first occurrence of the 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 mirror thing and mm-hmm. there's a there's a, a a book about vampires which is very similar to dracula because they're both based on the same source material which we won't go into in this episode because we just haven't the time um mm-hmm. but yeah this book is called carmilla so what it really comes down to is who is this imposter who is the Dracula in this film? And I have a theory. Okay, why don't you lay it on me? I think it's Bella Lugosi. Like the actor? Yeah. I think Bella Lugosi uh. plays himself in this movie pretending to be Dracula. So does Bella Lugosi like like he's actually just he just likes biting people? Is that it? Yeah. So Bella Lugosi, are you saying Bella Lugosi exists in the universe of Universal Horror? He has to, right? He's a person. So does that, right? So does that, does that mean Abbott and Costello are also not their characters? They are Abbott and Costello. No, no, they're the characters. Okay. There's no no reason to believe that they're, they're imposters. Well, why not? I mean, they everything that they say about themselves is turns out to be true. Everything we're led to believe about them turns out to be true. So, I suppose perhaps they were imposters, but. We'll never know. However, we do know. Is Frankenstein's monster the original monster? That's also that's. So see, you're opening up a rabbit hole that we don't. Because he's know. a different height. He is a different height, and he looks quite a bit different, really, if you look at yeah. him in detail. Yeah. So it could be that. I mean, it would totally make sense just to throw together another monster. Yeah, uh, I mean, I haven't watched all the entire Frankenstein series, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, actually, there was also Isn't there Son of Bride Frankenstein? of Frankenstein and Son of Frankenstein, yeah. Yeah, those are both, the, those are the last two Boris Karloff ones, right? Yeah, so presumably there's also a uh, <laughs> a another monster in those ones. Yeah, presumably. <laughs> so, obviously, Dracula's not the only monster in this movie. No. No, there's the Wolfman and Frankenstein, or Frankenstein's monster, which is in the title. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I mean, I won't. I don't want to get too much into the history of vampires or anything. I mean, I won't get into the history of vampires because we did that already when we talked about yeah 
the greatest the vampire. Nosferatu, go check it out. Exactly, greatest vampire of all time, Nosferatu. Um, is is it not the same vampire we're talking about? No, it's Count Orlokus. Yeah, Count Orlok. Orlok, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, Count Orlok, yeah, well, I mean, I guess he looks different, but the story is shockingly similar. Surprisingly similar, but different vampire, yeah. different vampire. Yeah. Yeah, one of those from Transylvania. Well, they're both from Transylvania, actually. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, we'll we'll we we won't we won't talk about the history of vampires again. So you can just go listen to that episode. Uh, we'll let's talk a little bit about werewolves. You know, I won't go fully into the history of werewolves because this isn't a purely werewolf movie. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'll save that for when we do a werewolf movie. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, we'll get we'll like Teen Wolf. Yeah, like Teen Wolf or oh, Dog Soldiers. <laughs> That's a good movie. Uh, uh sorry. Um. Anyway, I didn't want so I didn't want to do you know the or like, American Werewolf in London, also a good movie. Good movie. I yeah. I didn't want to do you know um you know like history. I wanted like recent yeah. history. I wanted like you know memorable history. Uh, you want to talk about recent werewolf sightings? Exactly. Well, because this movie, The Wolfman, I was thinking I was watching it. The Wolfman is like you know he's around. He's going to the masquerade ball. You don't see too many you know werewolf sightings anymore no now all you see is bigfoot yeah a lot of bigfoot a lot of bigfoot and i mean well that's just because there's a lot of bigfoot out there big well how do you tell when something's a werewolf like we'll talk you don't see we'll, a change? we'll get yeah we'll get into that in a second let's so let's just talk yeah. about let's talk about the the most the the recent history of this modern werewolf phenomena yeah. yeah, it's Elkhorn, Wisconsin, Bray Road, 1936. You've got a hairy bipedal beast, which is spotted. Seven, it's a Sasquatch. Seven feet tall, at least. I mean, yes. Yeah, sounds like a Sasquatch. It does sound like a Sasquatch. I, my mind first went to Sasquatch as well. But it was described as having, like, you know, uh, canine-like features. So, clearly not Sasquatch. Okay. If you say so, and I what I found interesting, I the first thing I did was like, did Wolfman ha- had Wolfman just come out? Because like, you know, uh, right. As soon as these movies were like hit movies come out, you notice there's like ticks. What year is this? This was 1936. So okay, I looked it up. Wolfman didn't come out till 1941. So this is not oh. not part of the film, you know, mania. And there weren't okay. there weren't any other Wolfman was like the first prominent werewolf movie. Like there was a werewolf film from 1913, which is lost now because it was Universal Fire. What a shame! I know, I know. I really want to watch it, but it's lost. It's the vapors. It's the air we breathe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so that I assume that didn't cause any mania. <laughs> like 25 years later um or yeah so when they saw the beast so this beast has been called because it was spotted in 1936 several times it was called the beast of bray road let's talk let's 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 go into let's let's discuss the beast of bray road because do you want to read a description of him i've got a description of him from uh uh, legends of america.com 
Okay. If you want to read this description of of uh, of also known as the man wolf, <laughs> bear wolf, and dog man, it is said to be around six feet tall, with gray and brown fur. Its face resembles that of a wolf, with shiny yellow eyes and pointed ears. Its body, though furry, looks like a muscular man. The creature is said to run and walk on all four of its <laughs> legs, or just its hind legs, and has been spied sitting on its haunches and kneeling like a man. Some people believe it is a werewolf. Others, that it is a Bigfoot. Uh-huh. And some believe that it is a yet unidentified species. There you go. So, yeah, werewolf. Is it just Bigfoot? Could be, could be. Um, I mean... I, I I need to see pictures. Well, we'll we'll, we'll talk. So with the beast. It's it's not it's not a fucking vampire like it shows up. Yeah, exactly. Pictures. So the, the so the beast resurfaces in uh in the 1980s. Not a long time of of no no beast, which is I think another mm-hmm. good reason to to believe that it's a werewolf. Because if it was just you know, if it was a if it was a bigfoot like creature, like a bunch of there'd be a bunch of them, right? It wouldn't just be one. That would be I don't That'd know. be weird. That'd be. I don't, know. don't you have solitary big feet? No. Bigfoots. Well, yeah, but they. I just mean the lifespan isn't that long. You'd have to have a. Oh, you'd okay. have to have a community right. of big a bigfoot. What's the lifespan of a bigfoot? I I think it's similar to a human lifespan. Might be a bit shorter because of your uh, uh, lack of medical care. <laughs> right. In the uh, so in the great. What about werewolves? How long do werewolves live? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, maybe they live for. It could be that they live for a hundred years. Like this could be the same. But I mean, that's. But don't. Is isn't it possible that it's a different wolf? I mean, that's that's why it it it's more likely that it's a wolf, a werewolf. Okay. Is that it disappeared for so long? You know. It was laying dormant. Okay. Do they? Well, I mean, maybe he was just had it like you know, had it taken care of or like the wolf the man. Wolf? You're saying it's two two different wool uh, werewolves. Yeah. yeah. Well, what if what if that first werewolf bit a person and then now it's the 1980s werewolf? Maybe that's possible. So, yeah. So in the 1980s, the first apparently it was it was allegedly seen devouring an animal carcass by the side of the road. Um, okay. And then it's. Are we sure that wasn't an actual wolf? Well, as soon as as soon as like the car driving past saw it happen, that. It, it ran into the woods on all fours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it was t- too big to be a wolf. It was a man wolf. Um, okay. And apparently, it attacked several people's vehicles. Like so some people, it, like scratched up their car and like jumped on the hood of their car and ran away while they were driving on this uh, down the highway, down Bray Road. Uh huh. Interesting. Um, so that's the 1980s, and so it becomes kind of a ph- phenomenon in the 1980s. And then kind of goes mm-hmm. away again, but you know you still hear every now and again there's a sighting. It like there, it hasn't gone away. Um, the beast was photographed in 2018 by Danny Morgan, and yeah, I have the photo right here if you want to click on this link. Yeah, I, I, I'm open in this. Oh come on, this is bullshit. That's the that's what it is. That's the that's the beast. Literally, what what this photo is is it's a car driving by and what there's some shrub or something. I don't even know what it is. It's, you can't tell because there's too much blur. It's the beast of Bray Road. Looks like a like a shrub. The beast. Anyway, I'll post the photo to the Instagram. Um, <laughs> the, it's, so everyone can see what a wolf man looks like. 
a, a real true wolfman um or a a small tree definitely a wolfman like let's enhance 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 definitely a wolfman if you were looking at the same enhanced image I was you would uh you would be able to tell so most recently it's it's still around that was 2018 it was most recently seen in uh in May of 2020 by a guy named Ron Rice who saw it t- okay. twice in one month which is uh you know it's a, it's a, it's again it's around both and none of these like the only violent ones were when it attacked their vehicles when Ron Rice saw it he just saw it you know walking around then it ran off into the woods both times okay i don't know i'm i still feel like it could be like a bear yeah could be like a a regular wolf no that's the thing a lot of when you're when you're See when you when you do a lot of Bigfoot research, uh, you find that most cryptids are bears. <laughs> yeah, because I mean a bear could walk on two legs. And uh, yeah, and I think a lot of people like have an idea of what a bear looks like in their head, but you know bears sometimes they have less fur, sometimes they're skinnier, sometimes they've eaten more. So it, when they're on their hind legs, you know they look kind of crazy sometimes. So. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I mean... Didn't you say you once came face-to-face with a bear? Yeah, it was just a little black bear, though. And then I ran away, and it ran away, too. (laughs) Okay. It didn't look like Bigfoot. Still. And it was on all fours. Still, you've you've come face-to-face with a bear. You've seen seen that shit. Yeah, I looked into the face of the bear. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so that's that's the, the, the wolf man. I mean, I'm still awaiting more, you know, wolf man sightings. And when we do, I need a better photo here. Yeah, I know. Well, we should go to uh, Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Yeah, Bray Road. So that's uh, that's your your wolf man. When we do Teen Wolf, we'll go into the history of werewolves because obviously it's fascinating. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's werewolves. But uh, it's it's the title of the movie. It's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. So we got to talk about fucking Frankenstein's monster, like. Uh, or Frankenstein himself. Or Frankenstein well. himself. I mean, this is actually... We're going to talk more about the real-life Frankenstein, the scientists. Because fucking... I see. Fucking scientists... I mean, what is Frankenstein? First, the monster. Let's just, you know, uh, establish that. Yeah, so according to the, the novel by Mary Shelley, like, Frankenstein is, like, a bunch of corpses sort of, like sewn together and reanimated. Yeah, and it's it's incredibly uh in spe- like not she's not specific at all about the actual process. Like the book is super interesting. A lot of it No, she doesn't really give a very good description of what he looks like. Well, the description of what he looks like is actually pretty good. It's just, just the description of the actual process. It's just basically it's like yeah. a paragraph where it's like and then I yeah. did my work for many many nights and then exactly. he sat up and was alive. And it's like that's the whole Yeah that's all you get about the process she doesn't actually really mention electricity in the book at all but um, yeah but presumably that's what she was probably thinking yeah based on what was around at the time (laughs) and what was around at the time so (laughs) fucking scientists quote-unquote scientists and actual scientists have been fucking blasting electricity through corpses to make their limbs you know jump around since the 18th century as as one who has who has been um electrified myself yeah 
I can tell you, it does make your muscles move involuntarily. Yeah, well, that's why when you're when you're when you're testing like an electric fence, uh, always if or if a fence is a, is actually electric, never do it with your palm. Do it with the back of your hand, right? Or just don't touch a fucking. Well, yeah, electric don't fence. don't touch an electric fence. But if you have to, do it with the back of your hand because your yeah, your hand will clench down on it, right? What, when did you get electrocuted? You got you got really fucking electrocuted. I w- I've never been electrocuted. Let me let me um, very thoroughly explain. Oh, this. you're gonna electrocution okay. implies death. Okay. Like it's like execution. Right, the cution. So electrocution means el- death by electricity. Gotcha. I received an electric shock maybe three times. You were electrified. A significant electric shock, I should say. Did it? Knock you across the room. One time, yes. <laughs> but I don't know if that was like me being knocked backwards by like the electricity or me falling over, basically. Yeah, right. So like it, it is. Yeah, you, involuntary movement is definitely part of it. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's you know because of this, scientists have been blasting it through uh, through corpses for a long time. Luigi Galvani. Um, who is obviously famous for uh, inspiring the term galvanized. Um, well, yeah, and galvanism and all the scientific words related to that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I meant. Galvanic action. That's what I meant. Galvanic. I mean, yeah, you just had a C to his name, and there you have it, galvanic. Um, he did it to frogs and was super interested by it. Uh, but he, he yeah. got it all wrong, and he had other stuff on his mind other than reanimating frogs. Mm-hmm. But then uh, his nephew did it to hanged criminals, and it was like a fucking circus-like uh, audience. That's pretty fucking morbid. Yes, yeah, so this is the early 19th century. Uh, you know, electri- yeah. electricity's all around. People are fucking around with it. People are putting on, like... This is a new thing, man. Yeah, people are, you know, killing stray dogs and cats with it. Uh, they filmed... They killed a, an elephant with it. it a lot of... Good stuff is happening with electricity in the yeah you know it's it's just like crypto is now right exactly exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> nailed it <It's> like <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so early 19th century crime and punishment pretty fucked up I mean it's actually less fucked up than the electric chair this is pre-electric chair which is probably the most fucked up form of execution but that's not what we're talking about. Um, no, it isn't. Huh? We're talking about the opposite. We're not talking about killing people in the lecture. Exactly. We're talking about bringing them back. Exactly. Like it's the exact. <laughs> it's the polar opposite. So, in the uh, in the uh, early 19th century, crime and punishment's a bit fucked. You know, as you can imagine, uh, it's still a little fucked in different ways. But back then, it was fucked in the way that hanged people would uh, they would often awake during their dissection because. Wait, what? Because it wasn't fully, the the hanging wasn't. They were like, only. They were. They were still, mostly they were, they were dead. Only mostly they dead. were only mostly dead. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the methods for for telling were not always that great. And often the person doing mm-hmm. it was the hangman, who was you know, not having a great time a lot of the time. <laughs> mm. You know they don't want to say like you know I fucked up I got to do it again. I mean I'm sure they would. If it was like, oh, he's still alive, but yeah, it, it, like it's it was such a fear um, that an accused murderer named George Forster 
attempted a crude suicide in his cell prior to his hanging because he was going to hang. So he was like, Mm -hmm. I'd rather kill myself because he was so afraid of waking up during his dissection, which is fair enough. That's fucked. Yeah, Yeah, so fucked. So he he tried to kill himself. Didn't work out. But the point is he's he's terrified. He he was found guilty of killing his wife and child. Okay. And then (laughs) apparently follow-up investigations speculate that he might have actually been innocent. Uh, Oh, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, and I mean, so many people that were executed were innocent. Like, so many. But that's a different conversation. Innocent or not, he was hanged by the neck until dead. He was found guilty of the crime. Um, And instantly, I mean instantly, he was carted off to the the office of uh, Galvi's nephew, whose name is uh, Giovanni Aldini. Mm Mm-hmm. And what he did, Aldini did, is he essentially, as soon as he was hanged, he took the corpse and wired it up to basically an electric chair, uh, but not in a chair, in a table form. Like, he just, you know, put sponges on his head and fucking blasted him with electricity. And the audience was horrified. Do you want to read? There's a there's actually a reporter who was there wrote an article about it. Uh, do you know his name? I don't know his name. It wasn't included. It was was from, uh, the paper was named, uh, the paper was from the Newgate Calendar. Okay. On the first application of the process to the face, the jaws of the then-deceased criminal began to quiver, and the adjoining muscles were horribly contorted, and one eye was actually opened. In the subsequent part of the process, the right hand was raised and clenched, and the legs and thighs were set in motion. <laughs> so that's fucking horrifying. <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty bad. Imagine watching that and having no prior knowledge about, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, you'd think he was coming back to life. Like, this is a fucking corpse, like, opening his eye, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Um. And, uh, this is just a little tidbit. Apparently, you know, people people thought he was coming back to life, obviously. Uh, had he come back to life, had it been a successful reanimation, uh, by rule of law, they would have had to hang him again. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. So, but I, I, I would just like to point out that, like, um, so this idea of, like, shocking people, like, you know, uh, to, like, bring them back to life, while, while we may not have got there, we do shock people to keep them alive. Yeah, totally. That's what a pacemaker is, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, fucking, what are they called? The clear... Oh, um... Defibrillator. uh, Defibrillator. Defibrillator, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what a defibrillator is. Although, I'm not going to get into it, but every time you see them do that on, like, TV... TV, yeah, it's wrong, because, yeah, yeah. It's it's completely inaccurate to what it actually is. That's not how it works, so, yeah. Don't use a defibrillator based on what you see on TV. Do a... Actually, do a... Defibrillators, uh, any defibrillator that you might ever get your hands on, are actually designed to be really easy to use. Yeah, they will exactly. And that's the point because they want anyone yeah, to do exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure because exactly. you're supposed to do it like before the heart stops, right? It's supposed to. Well, they don't. They don't. They they're not for fixing a stopped heart. Right. They're for fixing a heart that's not in rhythm. Right, 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 right. Like a pacemaker. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. There's a little off topic here. Point. But anyway, yeah. But anyway, the point is like the principle is there. Yeah, exactly. And the point of all this is they were actually they were trying. So that to... is the 
that is the truth. Yeah, well, that is the essence of the it, truth, isn't it? It is the essence of the truth. It is, yeah. And like, yeah, w- like the what we just described that whole fucking George fucking Forrester. Thankfully, he did not come back to life. Uh, he, uh, that's more, you know, that's grandstanding. You know, that's them trying to make a name for themselves. That's not really the scientific aspect of it. But mm-hmm. some people were actually doing, you know, scientific studies. Actual scientific oh. research. Like, um, uh, fucking Galvani, the original, Luigi Galvani. Yeah, exactly. And I think even there was a third guy who was inspired by Aldini, the nephew. And he mm-hmm. he fully embraced... I forgot his name. Fuck. Um, he fully embraced the, uh, the whole thing. Mm-hmm the like showmanship of it but he was also a real scientist as well (laughs) so as soon as he like he he did that for a while and he like kind of made a name for himself and then like on the side he was like oh yeah this is this is pointless like i'm just shocking corpses (laughs) so that he moved on exactly there's a bbc documentary that speculated uh that giovanni aldini had paid off some people in the court system to fast track the trial of uh, of George Forster so that he could have a fresh corpse, which you know that's pretty dark ties into the whole thing about his may have been innocent because uh, th- there was yeah. follow up investigations. There was some evidence. Shit came to light, man. Anyway, that's new shit came to light. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's f- that's you know that fact is important to include because if you the the actual man Frankenstein he he goes off the deep end and. If for his work, you know, he really he throws him he throws himself uh, uh, off the ledge in in the name of his work. And if if, if mm-hmm. this is true, if Aldini did do that, that's very uh, Frankenstein like behavior. Yeah. So are we saying that Giovanni Aldini is the closest thing to the real Doctor Frankenstein that we found? He's pretty damn close. <laughs> So, Giovanni, when was Giovanni Aldini doing this? Was it around the time that Mary Shelley wrote the book? Just after. Just after. So it would have been but there were certainly experiments of this kind that she might have seen. She would have seen, uh, Gal- uh, what's his name? Galvi. <laughs> Luigi Galvani. Galvani, yeah. She would have been a, potentially been aware of, yeah, of his research. And uh, mm-hmm. there w- were other scientists. Like, she, I've read that it's very likely that she would have heard in some capacity she's the coolest like by the way she fucking wrote this mm-hmm. book when she was 20 uh it's like and it, it's you know one of the most important books of the last few hundred years anyway i'm getting off topic so yeah there you go that's that's our 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 dr frankenstein um that's the truth but i finally you know We've talked about all the monsters, you know, the truth about all the monsters, but we haven't really talked yep. about the truth behind Abbott and Costello's characters, the uh, <laughs> okay. the hapless baggage handlers. Okay, tell me about them. Well, I have one story here about a hapless baggage, baggage handler, handler that I think ties it back into the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So it's about a... Uh, Let me click on that. Do you want to just read the headline there? I, I I would like to point out that this is the Daily Mail, a paper which we shall not endorse. Oh yeah, of course not. This is this is a this is a this is a sat satirical part of the 
of the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Read the, the headline. Drunk baggage handler falls asleep in hold, flies to Chicago. <laughs> that sounds like something Costello would do, except with the, not the drunk. Yeah. I don't think he'd be drunk. I feel like he'd get hit over the head or something. Yeah, exactly. But Well, there, there you have it. Yeah. That's uh, that really happened in 2018. Yeah, apparently, uh, found when the flight landed an hour later at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. Uh, this is flying from Kansas City. Yeah, and um, the uh, the police said that he was intoxicated when he and had fallen asleep, and no charges were filed, and he was sent back to Kansas City. Howard, like I, I like what crime did he commit? It just seems weird that no charges were filed. But yeah, what crime did he commit? I mean, drinking on the job, I guess, is... I mean, that's not a crime. It's just um, probably against well, company policy. No he was pr- was no he was probably fired. But anyway, yeah. that's... Uh, yeah, Lou, Lou... Well, I mean, stowing away on a... Uh, on a plane. Yeah, he was a stowaway. Intentional or not, it's still stowing away. Also, circumventing like TSA, like fucking. I think um, when you work in the airport, you have to go through security things. to like. Do you? I don't know. I think you have to go through. I don't know. I don't work at an airport. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think you do have to go through like some minor when you work. Like that'd be a pain in the ass. You got to go through security every day. Yeah, like I don't I imagine it's like you know just a a lot more. Do you relax. take your fucking shoes off? No, because I'm sure they know you, right? So it's just like put your belongings know, through man. the, through the, uh, you know, magnum the magnumifier. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, X-ray machine. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, this is none of this is important at all. Um, no, we're talking. But uh, anyway, the true the truth is that things are true partially maybe there's a lot of true things surprisingly true things in this movie <laughs> yes surprisingly i mean we'll be a beast of bray road aside <laughs> yeah that's one of the least compelling cryptid stories i've ever heard <laughs> oh yeah really what's the most compelling oh well, i won't get into that here that okay, that's yeah. a whole other podcast right. well i'm sure we'll talk about that at some other time yeah but um yeah, so let's let's just close it out here. Let's talk about our final thoughts of uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Okay, first thought: they don't actually meet Frankenstein. No, they don't. Exactly. First, that is a good good point. Frankenstein's <laughs> not in this movie. They meet his monster, and they also meet the Dracula and Wolfman. Yeah, also Dracula and Wolfman. Yeah, as you recall, like I, um, last week, we mentioned that they like they. The only reason they went with this title is because the last one was bad and this one tested well. So they were like... What was the last title? It was like The Brain of Frankenstein or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not and good. And people were like, how are people going to know that Abbott and Costello are in it? you, you got to have that in it. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be in the title. So it was. And it was. And But anyway, yeah. Classic fucking comedy of the day. Classic Abbott and Costello routine. Classic horror. Classic, classic horror. It's just all all around. It's a it's a it's a must watch. Extremely, yeah, yeah. It's it is a must watch movie. It's, yeah, it is super great. Um, like, super well balanced. Yeah, and it's just one of those films that like actually not at all. No, no lulls. I thought in this movie. No, not really. I don't think it could have been made shorter or longer. No, it was just the perfect length. And you know. 
Like, if it did get longer, I think it would be problematic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Any longer. Like, that end scene, had that lasted any longer, it would have, you know, the whole kerfuffle yeah. in the in the, yeah, in the castle or whatever would have not gone so well if it had been 15 <laughs> minutes longer. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, you should all watch it. It's it doesn't Definitely. it's not a Halloween movie. Do it. In the sense that it could be. In the, yeah, in the sense that it could be, but it's not like like I don't like really watching like horror movies year round. I'm like kind of a like I you're a you're a like a once a year October horror guy. Yeah, and it's not because I don't like it's just I don't feel like them. You know, I just don't feel like p- right. putting it on until then. But this is one of those movies, obviously, because of the comedy aspect. That it's just it's uh, it's a year end movie. It's not seasonal. Not seasonal, exactly. But uh, yeah, that's those are my final but thoughts. Anyway, that's yeah, I'm pretty aligned with that. All right, so uh, I guess yeah. Uh, quick shout out to our uh, listeners from the Netherlands for tuning in again. Again, yeah, thank you. Wow, that's like keep checking us out. I know that's know? that's amazing. Thank you. We're very appreciative. Yeah, we are very much for everybody, even the non-Netherlands. Yeah, even the people in uh, America. Yes, I was about to say especially, but not especially, equally. <laughs> yeah, like you people in Virginia. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Virginiaites. Is that what you call it? I don't know. Virginia? Virginians? Probably Virginians. Anyway. Let's, let's figure out what the denonym for Virginians is. This is the part that we have this on there. Virginian or virgin? A virgin? That can't be right. What website are you seeing this on? No, this is Wikipedia. So, one from Virginia okay, is a virgin. Unofficial. So, somebody from Virginia, recommended by the United States Government Publishing Office, is to be called a Virginian. A Virginian. There we go. Well, that, that's... What? There you go. <laughs> what a great note to end Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein on. There you go. Thank you, Virginians, Thank you. for listening to this excellent episode. We will see you next week. New film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Bye, guys.